Good afternoon, as Memon. You are the founder and CEO of Swiss Escape. Swiss Escape is a company organizing co-living and co-working locations in, um, in Switzerland and in Crete. We have been created in 2016, and there is a lot of happening around your activities now. We are going to discuss about it, um, of course, with the impact of the pandemic, and all of a sudden, remote working becomes something possible for not only freelancers, but a lot of other people. But first of all, can you introduce yourself and Swiss Escape? Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Haz, and um, I, uh, like, like you mentioned, I, I am one of the co-founders of Swiss Escape. Um, Swiss Escape started in 2016 because I come from a corporate travel background, um, and I wanted to shift um, the tourism within Switzerland um, to a new form of uh, a way to attract um, people to remote villages, remote towns within Switzerland. Um, and with that, we saw the shift of uh, people not only working from the office, but people being able to take their, their work uh, remotely. Uh, and since then, we've seen a huge boost in, in, in the remote work world. Uh, but of course, thanks to the pandemic, it has <laughs> boosted even further. We, we have less of a marketing effort on uh, or education effort to, to try and explain what is remote work because now it is so obvious. So you have a location in Grimitz, which is yeah. in Valais, in the uh, French part of Switzerland. It's a ski resort, right? Um, was it first a holiday location or was it from the beginning just a really co-working associated with, with co-living? No, we, we realized that there are a lot of properties within the Swiss mountains which were unused most of the year. So we repurposed uh, existing properties which were used for vacation as vacation homes. We repurposed those properties and converted them into a co-working and co-living spaces. Um, so it was a bit of work um, with the properties, but otherwise these were existing already. It was not built uh, from ground up. Uh, so it's it's more seasonal. It means that uh, during the peak season, your 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 service is not available. It's more like off season. That uh, no, we are available all year round. Um, th that was the previous model. That when it was a vacation home, it was operating only for a season. But the whole idea was to revitalize the the place and and uh, those buildings and properties within the town. So we operate for the entire year. And what's the capacity? Um, uh, you have in, uh, in Grimmitz, for instance? Uh, um, so in Grimmitz, in Switzerland, we have a capacity of uh, 20, uh, 20 people that we can host. Um, at the same time, for, for Greece, uh, we have the capacity of 15 at the moment. Okay. So, so we were discussing uh, prior to starting the, the podcast itself, and you were saying, yes, there was a huge impact, of course, of, of the pandemic. And um, one number you mentioned that previously you were 10% of your uh, guests were employees, uh, people working for companies, and this number jumped to 70% uh, last month, uh, especially Switzerland. So you, you, take from that evolution the insight that indeed there is a shift in all hybrid working that's not accepted also by employer is it is it right yes i think that's the huge shift according to like recent 
survey within Switzerland, at least I know the statistics in Switzerland, only 12% of Swiss population said they wanted to go back to uh, the office full time. Um, so most people want to either do a hybrid model of working a bit in the office or, and a bit at home or wo working fully at home. And um, of course, the biggest population, who's uh, the biggest number, uh, which is 36% um, of, of people who are young professionals said they would like to work full time from home. Uh, and when uh, we, we have this uh, new, new young professionals coming into the market and they're like uh, trying to understand that, hey, I'm working from home, but my home cannot be in the city. It could be in a in a remote village in a vacation town next to the lake next to the mountains um th that it became makes it very easy for them to just move their space and within switzerland only um only um 26 percent of um population cannot work from home because their job requires them to to be whether they're in construction or or in in a certain professions which doesn't allow them for to work from home but a third of the population in switzerland can work remotely okay so you were saying that indeed it was also due to the of course the travel ban that we experience in in, in europe that uh, also the swiss companies allow their people to work also from ski resort like you where you are now um, yeah. is it, will it, will it last now that things are back to, or will be back to normal, um, hopefully, um, or is it something you expect to, to, to remain and, and to strengthen, uh, to some extent? Yeah, I think there's a huge mindset shift within the companies, um, that they see that technology has not only enabled, um, them to, to be more productive, be more efficient, uh, but also for them to cut down a lot of costs. We are now seeing a lot of companies in Switzerland uh, that they are stopping renting the entire buildings where their offices used to operate and repurpose it into, into more of an innovation center um, that employees can come in for um, discussions on certain meetings. Also, the current uh, survey also suggests that people are either at just the same or more productive working remotely. So I don't see it going back to how it was. If anything, I see that uh, working from home or working remotely will, is definitely going to be the norm. Uh, so so if, if we, we see Switzerland and the fact that people in Switzerland will go one month in the mountain to you know, take the fresh air and and re reboot themselves while walking. What about Greece? Uh, I, I assume that it's not the same kind of tenants or, or, or guests that you have in your colleagues place in, uh, in Crete. Yeah, Greece is very interesting because the whole country in itself is remodeling itself into a destination for remote work. So currently I'm also working with some um, government officials in, in Greece to discuss the possibility of creating work visas, remote work visas for professionals to come and live in Greece for long term. Uh, so, uh, and they have a reduced tax implications as well uh, when they choose to, to get this specific work permit. 
Um, so Greece, I think, as a whole, is pushing for remote work because they want to shift uh, from just a tourist destination to a remote work destinations. And that's why we're seeing a huge boom of new co-working spaces being set up as well as co-living spaces being set up. Now, uh, Greece opens its borders next week um, mm -hmm. and already we have a huge amount of applicants wanting to stay from um, this month onwards at Greek Escape. However, currently we are full so we, we cannot accommodate but there's a huge demand and that's that's one thing that we can really notice. And, and but, but what about um... So the long-term location, so should you, should you incorporate in Greece in order to benefit for the tax, uh, to tax cut? Or is it, uh, because when you speak with people in Portugal, you speak to even people in Spain, everybody wants to become the remote worker, uh, yeah. preferred destination of anyone walking on a laptop in the world. Yes. Um, but is it, is it so, so substantial according to you? And what are, what should, be the thing to do in order to definitely achieve something more sustainable that maybe we have experienced so far yeah i think as as a destination whether whatever country we are talking about um they need to analyze of course what are the tax implications how how are people stay when they come and stay in the country what sort of um tax implications do you have because in, in within the eu you're allowed to stay a maximum of three months in a in a certain place before being a tax resident mm -hmm. so there there are some special laws that are now being developed um to enable people to also give back to the to the country that they're working from um at the same time they need to reinvest in infrastructure and that's one thing we're seeing big in greece because greece as being uh, um, like a part of a cluster of islands it has some some islands don't have uh, still a fiber optic internet which becomes very crucial for remote work correct um so we are seeing that the countries are now starting to invest in in 5g network and fiber optic uh to enable uh these new kind of uh travelers to come and work is it only the fiber optic so do you do you mean also that for instance uh, take about about the tax scheme and uh, legal part that greece could extend um the the duration you can stay in the country before being a tax uh contributor um for instance one you can say one year while keeping your tax registration in your own country or something like that is it the direction it's, it could take for instance it's currently in 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 still in talks but uh from what i can tell is um there would be a reduced tax cost so um as someone who's coming and working from uh greece would more than three months would still need to incorporate um, that the, whatever businesses that are being conducted in Greece um, will have a tax implication, but there will be a 50% reduction in, in the tax uh, compared to the regular tax rate uh, mm. in Greece. So that's, um, that's the thing in talks still, it's not official yet. Okay, so uh, aside of Swiss Escape, you also uh, are a member of an association of co-living operator. Um, so, what's the trend overall from your peers? Uh, do you see that indeed this is the expectation that the market will boom further? Um, yeah. And another question is, um, what about the mixture between co-working and co-living? Because most of the time when you speak about co-living, at least in their um, sunny destination, 
uh, there is always a, a part of co-working dimension which is, which is associated with it. So how do you see those elements? Yeah, co-living has become the pinnacle of, of uh, the kind of housing um, you can choose especially because of the pandemic, because everyone's looking for community and co-living is providing that. Uh, we have seen a huge boom in, uh, in all uh, co-living operators, and we are now 250 operators just in Europe uh, with over 3,000 spaces. Um, 250? Yes. Wow. This is just within Europe um, and uh, offering um, over over 10,000 beds. So, and, and a lot of these operators um, said that as soon as the pandemic hit, they, they needed to invest in their co-working area. So usually co-living spaces had some small co-working areas, um, but when they see that there's a huge part of um, the, um, the guests who are now working from home they they see that there was a huge demand for first desks in the room second uh, a communal co-working space so now it's it's like it's a given when you are starting a co-living you have to have a co-working uh, before it was that you have certain destinations like like bali or like uh, those sunny destinations where you have this co-working but co-living spaces which are in cities which are in, let's say, in London, uh, here in Zurich, they were just providing an affordable solutions uh, for expats or people to, to stay at. And uh, co-working was not necessarily um, an element that had to be added. Now it is, now it definitely is. So I, I guess it is to do with the evolution of the demographic, uh, that uh, as you said, co-living was in the past more a co-location, co co Co-living, co yeah, got to say, uh, 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 roommates which were created to, you know, by, by a third player to some extent, and uh, it has, it, the demographic was more about uh, young professional uh, uh, trainees, people were, you know, really without any family and things like that. Whereas now, if, is it right if we see that it's a more mature kind of people or may, might be in couple or have already a job with a higher purchase power maybe and they are looking for something more elaborated more more um higher level to some extent is it is it right yeah i think the demographics has certainly shifted um although co-living has two different segments one is destination co-living and one is residential co-living so destination co-living is more short-term stays um and then uh, residential like co-living is yeah we are short-term stays and then um there's residential which is long-term stays so of course long-term stays is where there's demographics of families of of uh, couples of uh, um people who are in the city because they wanna they have a job and they have an office to go to however uh, the 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 thing where both the destination co-living and the residential co-living align is that both of them provide a community uh, for for the guests to operate in. So there's always a community manager in place to facilitate events and things like that. And now we're seeing that before it was only uh, the, um, the destination co-living uh, spaces that were offering co-working, but now it's also the residential offering co-working. Interesting. How about the collaboration between pure co-living co players and local co-working operators? Because yes, you can create your yes. own co-working facility, but now we also need 
in a proper co-working facility, you need phone booths, you need meeting rooms, you need things like that. That are yes. and the standard has has, has increased. We, we expect today things that were not demanded maybe just five years ago. So, yeah. is is the collaboration taking place or out of uh, uh, due to the scarcity maybe of proper co-working offering locally? those co-living operators have to create their own uh, facilities for that. Yes, I think there's um, a huge potential that's untapped, um, which is working with local providers and local operators. Now in Grimans at Swiss Escape, we have um, a co-working uh, space that opened last month. And now we're talking with them to try and cooperate uh, with them for, for meeting rooms, for bigger event setups and things like that as well. So um, there's a huge potential to collaborate with, uh, with local partners. At the same time, um, at least within Swiss Escape, the region where we are, uh, there's also invest in investment in cohort to to start new co-working spaces. So um, one, which I already mentioned in Grimans, uh, but there's another one being uh, still being constructed um, and which will launch at the end of the year. So I see that there's more and more uh, co-working spaces also popping up, but there's a huge potential for co-living operators to, to kind of join forces with them because usually people who do come to these destinations, of course, always want an accommodation with mm. their with the co-working we are at the end of this podcast so um what are the targets in the future for swiss escape then uh so are you planning for opening a new location or you have to <laughs> build up upon your already existing ones and uh that's that's the goal for the moment I think there's right now a huge demand of opening co-living spaces everywhere. Uh, we're still in the works with a few other operators around the world in, in, in Canada and, and in France uh, to see if that is a viable uh, location to open. Um, but uh, for us right now, we are very much focused on growing the Swiss market. We see a huge potential in the local market, so Swiss market and the Greek market. Um, to attract more locals to to try out co living and co working because uh, for internationals it's it's very attractive uh, but we now want to make it more attractive for locals as well to travel and um, live and work within their own countries as well. Okay, what about hotels in this trend? Because that's that's something they, which is close to their core business uh, as well. Yes. Yes, ho hotels are now uh, shifting focus. Uh, we have been talking to the tourism operators uh, here in Switzerland, where they are now releasing uh, some sort of um, accreditation um, for hotels, which are allowing remote work or have a remote work setup or area. Uh, so I wouldn't call it co-working necessarily, um, but the hotels are now offering some sort of a lounge area or private space where you can take calls. Um, I think there's a huge potential there, but it's still not being explored as, as much as it should. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you so much as for sharing some information about uh, Swiss Escape uh, and about uh, enlightening us about the evolution of the co-living sector, uh, which is really closely, as we, as we discussed, as closely related with, with co-working. And both things are part of this kind of, kind of same bigger family that 
as no name for so far, but we see that there is <laughs> it, a lot it's of co, right? It's, it's co, co-living co and the co-working. So it's it's the co as long as we're we're doing it together. <laughs> Definitely, and uh, great. All the best uh, uh, with your your activities and the restart, hopefully, of the uh, of everything. Now that we all get the the, the vaccine in our veins, <laughs> yeah. and um, take care and all the best for the for the future. Well, thank you very much and thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.